0: Thanks for checking out Church on the Rock's message this week. We would love to help you take your next step in knowing God better. The best way to do that is visit cotr.org slash next steps. Or if you're not near our physical campus, visit our online community at cotr.org online. Enjoy the message and know that God is for you.
1: Tonight, I want to begin a brand new series, a brand new series, and it's entitled How to Know I'm Experiencing God, How to Know if I'm Really Growing in God, How to Know if I'm Really Experiencing God. I know you and I together, we don't want religion, we want a relationship with God. We really, truly do. And so, how do I know? The Bible says in Psalm 34, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. What is that? Have an experience with Him. Uh, The Bible says, the book of Daniel, those that know their God will be strong and do exploits. God wants you and I to be strong and do exploits. But that is in accordance with our relationship with Him, knowing Him, experiencing Him. I grew up in the church, and, you know, I've seen a lot of people go to church, and it's just church. And I know that you and I are the same. I don't want to go to church and it just be church. I don't want to go through the routine, the ritual. I want to know him and make him known. I want to experience God. And, you know, we pray for you. You know, people come here, uh, the staff, all during the day, and they pray over these pews. They, you have been prayed for tonight, that you would have an encounter, that you would have an experience with God every day of our life, not just on Wednesday or Sunday. Amen? So how do I know? How do I know if I'm really experiencing the Lord? How do I know if it's not just religion for me or routine for me or or just say I'm a Christian and settle with that? You and I, we really want, I believe at Church on the Rock, an experience with God. And that's the question tonight that I'm asking all of you and those of you that will be listening to this in the days to come, what do you really want out of life? You know, what I really want out of life will show up in my attitudes. What I really want will show up in my actions. What I really want will show up in my relationships. you understand what I mean by that? If, if I want to know God, I'm going to be with people who know God. If I want to experience God, I'm going to be in church. What I really want is revealed by my environment, by my associations. I may say I want God, but if I hang out with the world, I really don't want God. I may say I want to experience God, but if I don't want to go to church, I really don't want to experience God. I may say I want to know God, but if I don't read my Bible and meditate in the Word of God, I don't really want that. What I really want will show up in my behavior, my attitudes, my relationships, my environment, and my routines, my decisions. And when you know what you really want out of life, it gives you courage. It gives you courage to face the challenges of life. So I want to give you four ways tonight as a checklist on how to know if I'm really, truly, not just Christianity, not just saved and soaking and setting and souring, not just going to church once a month, but how do I really know? What's the gauge? What's the measurement? How do I really know I'm experiencing or growing in God? So, uh, sound good to you? Okay. So, let's look at it tonight. Let's go line up online if i'm really experiencing god number 1 i'm obeying his word if i'm really experiencing god then i will be obeying his word we talked a little bit about obedience this last weekend at church and we talked about starting with small things don't don't get overwhelmed with the big things but just start obeying god in the little things go to church read my bible praise the lord Pay my tithe. You know, he's not going to ask you to go to Africa, which I was asked today to go to Africa and speak. Actually, he's not going to ask you to go to. I really was and praying about taking up on that. But I, I, he's not going to ask you to go to Africa if I can't obey him in going to church, having a devotion, reading my Bible, paying my tithe. So you start off with the little things, okay? So just so you know, we're having more opportunities to speak around the world, be on television than we've ever had in the 40 years. Our best days are ahead. So l- let's look at this, 1 John 2:3. If I'm really experiencing God, then I want to obey Him. I want to obey Him. And this is how we may discern daily by experience. Everyone say, by experience. By experience. And we're talking about how do I know if I'm experiencing God? And this is how we discern daily. So it shouldn't just be Wednesday night or Sunday. It should be every day. Daily experience that we are coming to know God, to perceive, recognize, understand, and become better acquainted with God if we keep, bear in mind, observe, and practice his teachings. So notice, if I'm getting to know God, understand God, perceive God, If I'm getting more acquainted and experience God daily, then it's not a have to go to church, not a have to read my Bible, not a have to pray. It's a want to. I want to obey Him. I want to do the things that He wants me to do. Are you with me with that? You know, before I was a Christian, I didn't want to go to church. Before I was a Christian, I didn't want to read the Bible. Before I was a Christian, I didn't want to be around Christians. But once I gave my heart to Christ, everything changed. My desires, my want-tos, my priorities. So if I'm really experiencing God, my priorities will change. My desires will change. My want-tos will change. When I didn't want to obey God, now I want to obey God. I want to please God. Next slide, guys. Look at this. Next slide, please. 1 John 2, 4. Whoever says... I know him, I recognize and understand and I'm acquainted with him, but you don't obey the word, then you're a liar and the truth of the gospel is not in them. Powerful, isn't it? For me to say that I want to experience God and then not want to obey God, I'll never experience him without obedience. So I know I'm experiencing God if I'm obeying the word, if I want to obey the word. If I want to get in the word and practice the word, Ezekiel 1119, Ezekiel 1119, and I will give them singleness of heart and I'll put a new spirit in them. It's a prophecy concerning the new birth. When you become a Christian, I'll put a new spirit within them. I'll take away their stony, stubborn heart and I'll give them a tender responsive heart verse 20 next slide so they will want to what obey my decrees then they'll truly be my people and i will be their god but one way i know i'm born again is i don't want to do what i used to do before i was a christian i don't want to do that anymore I don't want to be with them anymore, the world. I don't want to hang out with them. Yeah, I want to lead them. I want to witness to them, but I don't want to fellowship with them. I don't want to hang out and do what they used to do, what I used to do. If there's really a change in my heart when I used to be stubborn and didn't want to, now I'm responsive, and I want to obey God. I want to read my Bible. I want to go to church. I want to pray. I want to give. I want to share my faith. If I'm experiencing God, number one, then I'm obeying God's Word. There's no experience with with God without an obedience to His Word. Am I connecting? Number two, if I'm experiencing God, then I'm walking in the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I want you to see all these scriptures out of 1 John, Little John, Epistle John. If I'm walking, if I, if I'm, experiencing God, then I'm going to increase, and I'm going to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Next slide, guys. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. Watch this. Whoever says they abide in God ought as a personal debt to walk and conduct themselves in the manner that he walked and conducted himself. So if I'm abiding in him, if I'm experiencing God, if I'm growing in my Christianity, if I'm getting closer to God, then I'm going to begin to live and conduct my life as Christ did when he was on the earth. The fruit of the spirit is the character of Christ. The fruit of the spirit is the character of Christ. So if I want to know what Jesus was like, I look at the fruit of the spirit. Next slide, guys. Next slide. Galatians 5:22 But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of what? fruit. So if I'm experiencing God, if I'm really changing, if I'm really getting closer to God, if there's really a revival on the inside of me, then I'm going to obey his word. I'm going to want to. Where I used to be rebellious and stubborn and didn't want to go to church, Made excuses not to read my Bible, not to pray. Now I want to be with God's people. I want to be in God's word. I can't outgive God. I can't outserve God. I want to have a responsive heart, okay, if I'm getting closer to God. Number two, I'm walking in the fruit of the Spirit. Notice the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. What's the first one? Love. Now there's nine fruit of the Spirit. And they're in progression. They're not here by accident, but they're line upon line. So the first evidence that I'm born again, I'm going to love what I didn't used to love. Right? I'm going to love with a new kind of love, agape. But notice, if I am developing in love, what will love produce? Joy. Pastor Kim talked about joy tonight. Notice that if I'm walking in love, if I'm walking in love, forgiving and forgetting, not taking an offense, not being easy like she says tonight, upset emotionally on a roller coaster, then that love will produce joy in my life. Look what joy produces. If I'm walking in joy, it produces peace. Oh, my goodness. There's no peace without joy. And there's no joy without love. It's progressive It's not an accident. The Holy Spirit just didn't write it this way without reason. It's progressive. It's progressive. So the more you know that God loves you, the greater joy you will have in spite of your circumstances, in spite of what people do or don't do for you. And then that joy produces peace. And when you're walking in peace, you're patient. Oh, I love that. You're willing to stay in the game. You're willing to outlast your enemies. You're willing to persevere and not quit. I'm thinking of this facility 40 years almost ago. I'm thinking of all the memories. I'm thinking of every time I come in this building on Wednesday, I think of all the memories, all the people, Kenneth Copeland standing here. I'm thinking of Hilton Sutton standing here. I'm thinking of all the great leaders and the greats of people who stood behind this pulpit All the revivals, all the meetings, all that we had down through the years. I thank God we haven't quit. I thank God for patience, perseverance. And then notice kindness and goodness and faithfulness. So notice that if I'm experiencing God, if I'm getting closer to God, if I'm growing in my Christianity, that I'm going to be walking in the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, I hope I'm communicating tonight. I, 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 really, I really want to help you. I really do want to help you. Okay, we're just going to move right along. Guys, is it working technology? Okay, keep on trucking. Keep on trucking. Okay, number three, all right? So if I'm experiencing God, number one, I forgot, then I'm walking in obedience, greater level of obedience. And I want to. No one has to force me to be here tonight to be your pastor, to live for God. It's a privilege. It's an honor. Oh, thank you, Lord. If I'm really experiencing God, according to 1 John, then number two, what was it? I'm walking in the... I'm conducting my life more like Christ conducted his life when he was on the earth. It's called Christianity, Christianity, Christlikeness. Number three, if I'm really experiencing God, then I'm walking in my purpose. If I'm really experiencing God, if I'm really walking with God, if I'm really getting closer to God, then I want to know my purpose. Sunday in our growth track class, I did number one. I do it every month on the first Sunday. And there was there was a family and their husband and wife and their children, teenagers, and they're all in the growth track class. And, I, and whenever I do it, always have them go around, say who they are, where they came from, how they found Church on the Rock, And so the wife stands up, and she said, we've been coming for three months. She said, I grew up in church. I grew up all my life in church. And she said, not until I came to church on the rock three months ago did I discover my purpose. She had a joy. She had a smile. She said, my whole life has changed. And her husband's shaking his head like that. She said, my whole life has changed. I've discovered my purpose. If I'm experiencing God I'm walking in by purpose. Now, look at the verse, 1 John. Next slide, guys. 1 John chapter 2, verse 29. Look for the word purpose. And if you really know God, if you really know Christ is absolutely righteous, conforming to the Father's will in what? In purpose. If you really know Christ, then you want to conform your life to God's will for you in purpose? in thought, and in action. You may also know and be sure that everyone who does righteously and is therefore like manner conformed to the divine will, they are truly born of God. If I want to know God's will for my life, if I pursue God's will for my life, he said he would show me his will for my life. If I really want to know God's purpose for my life, then my behavior, my attitudes, my actions, my environment will show that I really want to know the will of God, the purpose of God for my life. If I truly know Him, if I really am experiencing God, then I'm after the purpose of God for my life, and then I'm actively walking in that purpose, pursuing that purpose, excelling in that purpose every day of my life. Y'all still with me? So number one, if I'm experiencing God, notice all these foundation scriptures are in 1 John. If I'm really experiencing God, then I'm growing in my obedience. It's a want to, not a have to. When I hear Christians say, do I have to? I know they don't know God. When they say, I really don't, once a month is enough. I don't need to do this. I don't need to do that. I'm too busy. Then they're not experiencing God. And I want them to experience God. I want them to taste and see that the Lord is good. And his future he has for you is good not to hurt you, not to harm you. God is for you. Amen. Can we have a praise break? Glory to God. Number four, the fourth way I know I'm experiencing the Lord. I'm experiencing the Lord is my love for other people is growing. My love for other people is growing. If I really had an encounter with God, if I really have an experience with God, that, that, can I just say this? I'm not going to be a racist. Can I just say that? Is that okay to say that at a church on the right? If I really love God, then I'm going to love people, no matter the color of their skin, their economic, their education, their social status. If I'm, if I'm really experiencing God, if I really know God, then I'm going to love people, period. My love for others will be Growing. 1 John, look at the Scripture. Next slide, guys. 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love comes from God, and he or she who loves their brother is born of God. You're born again. And is coming. Look at this. Look at this. If I love one another, look at this. I'm coming progressively to know God and to have a better and clearer knowledge of God. So the more I know God, the better I am aware of God and experiencing God, the more I have love for one another. I can't say I'm born again and hate black people, white people, brown people, right? It's getting quiet in this Lutheran church tonight. I can't say I love God and be a racist. I can't say I love God and treat people differently and show disrespect. I can't say I love God and I know God and go around offending people, hurting people, disrespecting people. I I can't. And you can pick up on that spirit quickly, can't you? Oh, sure you can. So notice, but if I really know God, if I really have a knowledge of God, if I'm really experiencing God, then my love for other people will be growing. Oh, man. Four little things. But you think about it now. Let's evaluate our life, okay? And the next time you're around someone else, you're easily going to be able to discern their walk with the Lord. Not to judge them, but to pray for them, right? Because if they're really growing, then they're going to want to obey God. They're not going to want to compromise and be like the world. They're not going to want to hide from God and argue with God and arbitrate with God and live a compromised life. They're going to want to get closer to God and and obey God and increase in their obedience, They're going to want to do all these four things. They're going to want to love people more. They're going to want to, I forgot the other two. What were they? They're going to walk in the fruit of the Spirit, right? Y'all got good notes, don't you? Y'all got good notes. Okay, praise the Lord. Y'all are little stinkers. You're taking good notes. So takeaways, all right? Takeaway. Let me give you some takeaway. So number one, read weekly Psalm 112, verse 1 through 10. For the rest of this year, a double dog dare you as an assignment. Psalm one twelve. I pray this psalm every day over my life and our family. Psalm one twelve, verse one through ten. Okay, think about the four the four characteristics of somebody who's really experiencing the Lord. And look at this. Psalm one twelve, verse one through ten. Read it weekly, once a week, for the rest of this year. And so let's look at it. Psalm 112, verse 1. Praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord. And look at this. Delight in obeying His commandments. Now, what this psalm does is gives us the benefits of experiencing God. The benefits of being part of a local church. The benefits of serving in that church. The benefits of being faithful to a local spiritual family. This psalm will give you and I the why. It will give us the why. It will give us the benefits of those four characteristics. Look at this. How joyful are those who put God first and love and delight in obeying his word. Their children, you talk about legacy. Their children, for me to want to experience God, want to grow in God, want to know God. Look at this. My children will be successful everywhere they go. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. Verse 3. Next slide, guys. They themselves will be wealthy. Can can we read the Bible? Is that okay? Okay. They themselves will be wealthy. It pays to serve God. We don't serve God for things, but as a result of pursuing Him, He blesses you with things. They themselves will be wealthy, and their good deeds will last forever. A memorial will last forever. Psalm 112 is the benefits of experiencing God, going after God, going all the way, all the way being in. Verse 4. Verse 4, light shines in the darkness for the godly. What's that mean? You'll have direction and know what to do when everybody else around you is in the dark. You'll have foresight. You'll know how to prepare. You'll hear what no one else is hearing. You'll see what no one else is seeing, and you'll be prepared. You'll have wisdom and insight and prudence. You are generous. You're compassionate, and you are righteous. Verse 5, God, good, God sends good, comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. Business people, entrepreneurs, here's a blessing. To experience God is only going to cause your business, enterprise, and career to be successful. Verse 6, such people will not Be overcome by the evil that's in the world. There are evil people. There are evil spirits in the world like never before. But you will not be overcome. You with good will overcome the evil that's in the world. Such people will not be overcome. We're not going to be a victim. We're going to be a victor. Those who are righteous will be long legacy, long remembered for experiencing God for going after God, for drawing closer to God, for putting God first, how do I know I'm really having experience with God? Then verse 7, verse 7, they do not fear CNN, ABC, CBS, Fox News. They do not fear the Democrats, the Republicans, the Libertarians. They do not fear bad news. They do not fear social media and all the things that are negative going on. They do not fear bad news. Those who are experiencing God, Psalm 112 is your benefits. You need to claim them. And you claim a promise by saying it. Trust the Lord to take care of you. Oh, I like it. Verse 8, next slide. They are confident. Oh, I like that. They are confident. So notice, The closer you get to God, the more you experience God, the more confident you are. Oh, I like that. You'll never be successful without confidence. You'll never be a witness without confidence. You'll never be the father or the mother. You'll never be the Christian that God wants you to be and accomplish what he wants you to do without confidence. And confidence comes from experiencing the Lord. Those that know their God will be strong and do exploits. That's Daniel eleven thirty-two. They are confident and they are fearless. Oh, tell, turn to two people and say, "I am confident and fearless." Somebody else tell them, "I am confident and fearless, and I can face all my foes, all my troubles, all my giants, and triumph over them." Can we have a praise break? can you imagine the wall of defense that you're building in your family by looking at Psalm 112 once a week for the rest of this year can you see how everything can change in your life before the year ends just by doing that they share freely they give generously to those in need their good deeds will be remembered forever look at this they will have they will, people who experience God, whew, don't let the devil lie to you and say Christians are weak, Christians are, amount to nothing, Christians are throwaways. If you're a Christian, you never do this, you'll never do that. Those are all lies of the devil. Notice that my Bible says if I experience God, if I go after God, if I do those four things that says and shows I'm going after God, I will have influence and I will have honor. Oh, praise God. Can we just just try that on, see how that works? Turn to somebody and say, I will have influence, and I will have honor. Ooh, y'all are so awesome. Next verse, next verse, verse 10. The wicked will see this and be so happy. The wicked will see this and be so happy. Whoa. They will grind their teeth in anger, but they'll slip away. And their hopes will be thwarted. God before you, who can dare be against you? Amen. Okay, praise God. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna read that once a week. Okay, and then number two, spend time meditating on this chapter. Now, here's how this work works. I've been walking with God for about fifty nine years. Okay, so here's how this works. When you read the Bible like what we just did, and one of those verses become more real than the rest of them. That's God talking to you, that verse. We call that rhema, a personal word. You're reading scriptures like we just went through that whole ago. Like for me reading that whole ago, the influence and the honor just rung a bell in my spirit, okay? But for you, other scriptures might have rung a bell. What's that? When it rings a bell, that's enlightening your spirit. That's revelation coming. That's rhema coming. And rhema brings faith. Ooh, I like it. So number two, you're going to read it once a week for the rest of this year, but then you're going to spend time meditating on this chapter. Now look at my phrase here, power phrase. My love for God's Word is measured by how much time I meditate in it. I can say I love God's Word, but if I don't even do the one-year Bible, I don't love His Word. My love, see, my love for Kim is shown by I want to be with her. If I love the Word, I'm going to want to be in it. Being in the Word is called meditation. So now it's not enough just to read it, but then once you've read it, then let the Holy Spirit bring one of those scriptures to you, make it real, ring the bell, and then you meditate on that. You meditate on that. Oh, hallelujah. And you'll experience God in a new way. I hope I'm helping somebody tonight. Praise God. I thought we had another one. Do we not have another one? Praise the Lord. Don't you all love love it? It's all good, right? I think. Let, <laughs> then you got to claim the promises daily with your mouth. Okay? Then you got to claim the promises daily with your mouth. It's Very important to understand this. I'll never have strong faith without confessing the word. That was worth Wednesday night. I will never have strong faith without confessing the word. I went out to Crenshaw Christian Center years ago. Fred, Dr. Fred Price. Okay. Old sanctuary before the dome. All right. And I'll never forget when I'm out there. He was saying, he was talking about that whatever you need faith for, if you need faith for your family, you got family trouble, you need to build faith for that. You got financial trouble. You need to build faith for that. Then Pastor Price said way back then, find scriptures in the Bible that are concerning finances and start saying them over your finances. Find scriptures for your family and start saying them over your family. What was he saying? You'll never have strong faith for finances without confessing the promises. You claim a promise with your mouth. So you have to be claiming and saying and speaking scriptures over the area of your life that you need stronger faith
0: in. What is your next step in your faith? Well, here at Church on the Rock, we would love to help you. Maybe it's to learn more about discovering what it means to belong to a church family, being part of a small group, or using your God-given gifts to serve others head over to cotr.org slash next steps where you can find out more to all of these or if you're a part of our online community visit us at cotr.org online have a great week and don't forget that God is for you